Will you please join me in a moment of prayer? Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning giving thanks for the opportunity to worship in your name, to hear your holy word, and to meditate upon it as we seek its direction and purpose for our lives. So let the words of my mouth and the meditations of each and every one of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you. Amen. My wife Susan's idea of roughing it is staying a night at the Holiday Inn. I, on the other hand, have enjoyed a number of excursions to the Boundary Waters off of Lake Superior with each of our three children. Somewhere in between the executive suite and a sleeping bag on a bed of moss is a phenomenon known as a motorhome. Now, perhaps you own one or have in the past. Motorhomes allow us to put all the conveniences of our home on wheels. Camping no longer means sleeping in a sleeping bag, cooking over a fire, or hauling water from a stream. Now people can park in a fully equipped home on a cement slab in the midst of a few pine trees and hook up to a water line, a sewage line, and electricity. And some motorhomes even come with satellite dishes on top. Now that's not what I would call roughing it. No more bother with the dirt, no more smoke from the fire, no more drudgery of walking to the stream. And it seems that many of us attempt to live our Christian lives like that. We try to enjoy all that the world has to offer, yet never fully submit ourselves to Jesus. And therefore, we miss out on so very much of what God has intended for our lives. The way we approach life makes all the difference in our world. Each of us has a basic understanding of life from which we operate each and every day. It influences the way in which we see ourselves and see others. It helps us to determine the decisions that we make. It is called our personal worldview. Now, the worldview that we choose to embrace in life is what the New Testament writer James, the brother of Jesus, calls wisdom. And according to James, there are two types of wisdom. There is a wisdom that is of the earth, natural, and demonic. The fruit of such wisdom is bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart. And it finds expression in bragging and living the ways that deny the truth. The consequences of such expressions are disorder and everything that is evil. And then there is the wisdom that comes from heaven. The fruit of such wisdom is purity, peacefulness, gentleness, obedience, being full of mercy and good actions, fairness and genuineness and it finds its expressions in a humble lifestyle. The consequences of such a lifestyle are the making of peace 
and the sowing of seeds of justice by such peaceful acts. Have you noticed that conflict exists all around us? It has infiltrated every level of our lives. We witness conflict internationally as worldviews clash as defined by differences of our religious understanding. We witness conflict nationally as worldviews clash as defined by our political differences. We witness it within our states and within our local communities as worldviews clash as defined by the differences in our financial priorities. And we witness it even within the church, our families, and even ourselves. Where does all this conflict come from? Well, without hesitation, James defines the source of all our conflicts. The source of conflict among us, the source of our disputes, comes from our desires. These desires that are at war within our own lives. We long for something, and we don't have it. We are jealous for something that we can't get. We struggle and we fight. We don't have because we don't ask. And we ask and don't have because we ask with wrong motives to waste it on our own desires. Now, fortunately, James does not leave us hanging in despair. He offers us a solution, the one and only true solution that will resolve our conflicts and allow us to embrace the wisdom that is the worldview from heaven. It's a simple solution. It's a straightforward solution. And it's up to each and every one of us to decide whether or not we will accept it. James writes, therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will run away from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Submit, resist, come near. It doesn't get any simpler nor does it get any more difficult than that. Submitting to God is the basic human stumbling block of life. Adam and Eve refused to submit, and it got them thrown out of paradise, out of Eden. Moses refused to submit, and it kept him from entering the promised land. King Saul refused to submit, and it cost him his kingdom. And you and I refused to submit, and it could cost us our lives both here and hereafter. When we submit to God, it is a surrender of our will, a dying to ourselves, a willingness to give up control and to give it over 
to God. When we submit to God, we bind our lives with God and we become dependent upon God's will. F.B. Meyer wrote about two Germans who wanted to climb the Matterhorn. They hired three guides and began their ascent at the steepest and most slippery part of the journey. The men roped themselves together in this order, guide, traveler, guide, traveler, guide. And they had only gone a little bit way up the side of the mountain when the last man in that line lost his footing. Now he was held up temporarily by the other four ahead of him because each of them had a toehold in the niches that they had cut into the ice. But then the next man slipped and he pulled down with him the two that were above. And the only one to stand firm was the first guide who had driven a spike deep into the ice. And because he was able to hold his ground, all of the men beneath him eventually regained their footing and went on. Now, F.B. Meyer concluded his story by drawing a spiritual application. He said, I am like one of those four men who slipped and fell, but thank God that I am bound in a living partnership, a living relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And because he stands firm, I will never perish. When we submit to God, our lives become eternally tied to him. Submitting to God is the first step. Resisting the devil is the next. Now, how can you resist something that doesn't even exist? Well, that's the line of reasoning that many persons in our enlightened world today take. And little do they realize that they have fallen right in line to where the devil wants them. The last thing the devil wants you to believe is that he does exist. Because once you do, then you have to consider how you're going to relate to him. Choosing not to relate to the devil is not an option. You either dismiss him as a figment of the imagination, or you accept the fact that he is real. And once you've chosen the second option, then you have to decide whether or not you're going to allow him to have influence in your life or whether you're going to resist him. In the spiritual realm, passive resistance is no resistance at all. You must take an active stance in resisting the devil's influence in your life. Lexi Lowler is a sheep rancher out west. Coyotes were killing her lambs. She tried everything, but nothing seemed to stop them. Yet finally she discovered the llama. She said, llamas don't appear to be afraid of anything. When they see something, they put their heads up straight and they begin to walk right towards that subject. 
Now, this is aggressive behavior from the perspectives of the coyotes, and they won't have anything to do with that. For you see, coyotes are opportunists, and llamas take that opportunity away from them. Llamas illustrate our posture in response to the devil. The apostle Peter puts it this way. He writes, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion or a sneaky coyote, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. Our ability to resist the devil doesn't come about simply because we want it to. Our ability to resist the devil is the direct result of our relationship with Jesus Christ. When Martin Luther, the great reformer, was asked how he overcame the devil, he replied, well, when the devil comes knocking at the door of my heart and he asks, who lives here? The dear Lord Jesus goes to the door and says, Martin Luther used to live here, but he's moved out. Now I live here. When Christ fills our lives, the devil has no access whatsoever. Submitting to God, resisting the devil, and now comes the third and final step in finding a solution for dealing with conflict in life coming near to God. Whereas submitting to God is an act of letting go of our own will, coming near to God is an act of holding on. It takes great effort to come near to God, for there will be distractions to lead us astray around every corner we turn, obstacles each step of our way. Yet, as with anything that is worthwhile in life, with practice, with greater discipline, it becomes easier, more natural, our first choice. When Susan and I were first dating, I was involved in a group called Christian Arts Productions. We had just had auditions and were starting rehearsals for a Linton production of the musical Godspell. I was cast in the role of one of the disciples. Now, there are several memorable songs from that play. However, the most recognizable one would have to be the song titled, Day by Day. It's a chorus that is sung by the entire troupe. Perhaps these words will be familiar to you. Day by day, day by day. Oh, dear Lord, three things I pray. To see, me more, to see thee more clearly, love thee more dearly, follow thee more nearly, day by day. This is a prayer worth praying by anyone who would seek to come near to God. Do you have conflict in your life? Let me give you a hint. If you're breathing, you have conflict. 
How have your past attempts worked towards helping you to resolve that conflict? Why not try James' three-step solution? Submit to God, resist the devil, and come near to God. It's worth a try, isn't it? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you love us so much, and we are grateful for that. We ask, Lord, that you will help us to take these words and let them find root and growth within our lives day in and day out. And as we are willing to submit to you, you will enable us to have the strength to resist our adversary. And in therefore doing, we will be drawn even closer to you. Help us, Lord, to resolve the conflicts in our lives, to be peacemakers who are able to sow seeds of justice as a result of our peaceful acts. For this we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Let us stand together as we sing our hymn, Lead, O King Eternal. <laughs>